Hello and welcome to the Holistic Honey Podcast, an expansive and soulful space for real talk on all things self and soul development, holistic wellness and healing, mindset and modern spirituality. I'm your host, Lauren Cortazo, a holistic counselor and an empowerment and mindfulness coach. I'm here to help you get to know yourself more deeply, move through mindset and energetic blocks, and bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. This podcast is for the deep thinkers and soul searchers who are ready to break cycles, make positive changes, and embody a happier, confident, and more balanced state of being. Stick around for a no-BS approach to self-development, along with impactful, real, and hilarious chats with amazing professionals and friends in the industry. Let's do this. Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Honey podcast. I am so happy you were here wherever you are listening from. I hope you are having a beautiful day so far and I am super excited about today's episode and I think you are going to love it. We've got a guest speaker, the beautiful Sarah Bartolo. She is a health and life coach and we are talking all things the connection between stress, anxiety and gut health. It is a topic that I feel like a lot of people are starting to talk about and it's becoming more prevalent. And I wanted to chat with someone who specialized in this and had her own story and own health journey in, yeah, gut health, mental health. And she really um, helps women take back control of stress and anxiety in order to heal their life. So if you are someone who is interested in the mind and gut connection, or you are on your own health journey, I think you are going to absolutely love this one. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, lovely Sarah. Thank you so much for jumping on and having a chat with me. How are you going? Hello, I'm really good. This is like, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and to chat, chat with you and to really help some people today with some things because I know what it's like to be dealing with some stuff in your life and you're like, how do I get through this? So it's actually, it's really nice to do both. So it's good. This is good. So whoever's listening, I'll post some like little snippets, but Sarah has just got the most like infectious, large, beautiful smile. So even just you jumping on, I'm just like, oh my God, you're getting me even more excited than I already am. So thank (laughs) you so much for being here. And Today is a topic that I think is just absolutely freaking pivotal when it comes to your healing and growth and well-being journey. And I kind of just thought who better to chat with than yourself because on your page it is, so essentially what we're talking about today is mind and gut connection, gut health, calming the nervous system and some real holistic ways to to really tap into that because the I feel like the mind and gut connection is something only recently people have started to really tap into and understand. And I think in years to come, it's going to be even bigger and more widespread. So I guess before we jump into it, tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do and how you, how you help people. 
Okay, so hello, I'm Sarah. I'm 25 from Melbourne, Australia, same as Lauren, we're both from Melbourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I'm a certified integrative health and life coach. My biggest purpose, a passion, it's both together, is helping busy women conquer stress and anxiety so they can realign their mind and body and connect back with who they truly are. That's what I love doing. It's such a big part of my life and through my own struggles and having to navigate myself and my own health issues it's brought me to that place of empowerment to now go inwards and help others and it just feels it feels really nice it's like a really warm space in my heart that I love doing as I've always loved to serve people so now that it can be a lot more meaningful it just it's really nice yeah absolutely and isn't it amazing like I think sometimes people see coaches or, you know, counselors or help people in the helping profession as like, whatever I'm reaching out to them about, they've clocked that they already know all of the stuff and I'm going to get some help. But a lot of it is like, I'm going through it too. I still go through it. I'm still moving through it. I have been through it, but I also know how to help you navigate through it. So tell us a little bit about I guess, your personal journey with stress and anxiety and how you started to develop the the mind and gut connection? Mm. So I guess for me, when I, you know, I was actually thinking about it today, like since now I'm in such a, a more manageable space, when I look back on my life, it was just so stressful. But it's funny because at the time, I, it, I would never have questioned anything. I just thought it was me. This is how I'm living. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I think a lot of the time when people go through their own, like they're faced with something that they have to work through, that's when they can see that, all right, things weren't working okay. So I guess for me, a snapshot into my life, <laughs> um, I, in the year of 2019, was probably the busiest year of my life in terms of like, just how it all panned out. So I'll give you guys a little a little image. So start of it, um, I guess let's say the, the back end of 2018, I was leaving a relationship that wasn't working for me, but I was also trying to kind of find myself a little bit more, work out my passions. I wanted to get fit and going to the gym because I wanted to change my body and eat well and like try and I was dieting though at the time. I was doing a vicious keto diet, which I personally didn't work for my body. And it then led me <laughs> to, I was really stressful. That's that, that part there. And leaving oh, yeah. 2019, I left the relationship, but I got into a new relationship who I am still with now. He's beautiful. I also got into a brand new job, which was really high demanding and micromanaged. I literally had like an earpiece in my ear to hear everybody else on the store floor and also like try and talk to customers. So I feel like I had no integration of my own thoughts. I then was doing an outdoor personal training program four to five times a week. I was making sure I was like counting my calories, counting my macros, doing all those things. And then I'm leaving stressed, this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm stressed too. <laughs> um, so I was working with that. I come from an Italian family. Honestly, it's very dysfunctional. So a lot of stress and a lot of shit. Sister. <laughs> 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 yeah. And personally, trying to navigate all of that in one year, paired with 
chronic tonsillitis that I got for the first time a few months into that year that would not leave. Went on countless antibiotics. I was on six rounds. I even got the penicillin shots in my bum because it wouldn't leave. Oh, my gosh. To then getting them out mid-year in June. So then Sarah, two weeks after healing that, trying to get back into her routine of going to the gym because she hated that she couldn't go to the gym and she was sitting around feeling like she was doing nothing, trying to look after my health, trying to go to a work job that I hated, trying to find my passions as well because I didn't want to stay in retail, trying to manage a new relationship, which at the beginning it's always challenging, and just like being a part of basically everything I mentioned in the beginning with family. So you can imagine it was like a whirlpool. I don't even know how I had space for me. I don't think I did. Um, it was just, I don't even know. I felt so disconnected from myself, if I can look at it now. And back then I was just like living it. Like, this is my life. It's okay. Um, but honestly, as I navigated through after getting tonsils out, trying to get back into the gym, I, I I noticed that my energy wasn't the same. I was getting tired a lot more, inspired, uninspired a lot more, um, like I'd get a lot more headaches. I then started to get digestive issues towards the end of that year. And I was like, oh, my God, my body's changing. What's wrong with me? No, I need, I need to hack it. I need to find out what this is. So I would go to so many ends to, like, bring it all together so I could feel like, I guess, myself of what it was. But it just wasn't the same. And so I'd start to kind of, I guess, question and have a little bit of anxiety. It was very minimal. I was just kind of questioning everything. But I couldn't find the answers. And so towards the back end of December of 2019, I was also then faced with two bits of traumatic instances that happened at that same time for me. So I'll let you guys know too. I have a massive fear of vomiting and I have OCD around contamination and germs. And that's a really big part of me in my life right now that I'm working on. But back then, since vomiting is so situational, I don't ever have to really worry about it. It doesn't really affect my life too, too much. But there was two instances that happened to people in my life that I was faced with. And I think because I didn't know how to navigate and look after my body or have the support and love, I was stuck in that freeze shutdown mode. It was literally two weeks apart. It was around Christmas time. One was actually on Christmas day. I was pairing that with a busy work period of my own workplace doing back-to-back -back weeks. And honestly, the year 2020 at the start, my body just took a halt. It was like enough. Yeah. And from then, I actually started to get heart palpitations for the first time in January and more gut issues was coming along. I was facing a lot of indigestion. Like indigestion is kind of, if you don't know, basically when in your stomach you feel like food hasn't actually digested properly and when you burp or when you, you know, release that gas, you can kind of sometimes feel food either come into the esophagus, which can realm to reflux, um, or you can get nausea. It's really uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Um, and I was experiencing that chronically that was coming up for me paired with anxiety and I think at the same time that fear of of vomiting I thought that that was linked with that so pretty much my body was always in a state of survival but when I look at the whole year my entire body was in a state of survival mm -hmm. um at the time I didn't realize so when the start of the year came around, heart palpitations came in, had no idea what it was. I was going to the doctors. 
getting tests, running ECGs, and they're like, oh, it's nothing. It's just anxiety. And I'm like, what do you mean anxiety? I don't have anxiety. Like, what is that? And I knew of anxiety, but I kind of thought of it as like this mental illness thing. And I'm like, I don't have that. But then I started to notice that like the heart palpitations was coming in with the gut issues at the same time. So the moment that I'd go into heart palpitations, it would lead to panic attacks, like panic that I've never felt before. And then indigestion and reflux at the same time with bloating and just, oh my God, I was so sick. I was so sick. And it was very scary. I, I just, I think when you go through something that is so intense, you freak out naturally. It's your body's instincts. You're like, oh my God, what's going on? So I was just trapped in pure fear for a few months. Um, and then honestly, it paired in with COVID that came in in March. So it's the cherry on top. <laughs> it just never left. So pretty much that whole entire year was me trying to unshackle and navigate what the hell was going on with my body because I was not the Sarah that I was knowing anymore. I feel like I was faced where I was putting the grinder, to be honest, to be like, here's some gut issues. Here's really intense panic attacks, anxiety. You need to figure this out. And I'm like, oh my God. And the most terrifying thing was not knowing what was wrong with me not having support from people who I thought I would have and then people thinking that I'm changing when I'm just trying to figure myself out. So it led me to, yeah, go inwards to try and work out my gut issues, which thankfully I found a wonderful naturopath to work with and we found out I had SIBO. So if, if anyone doesn't know, SIBO is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, and that's when bacteria in our large intestine, our gut microbiome, travels up into the small intestine, which it's not meant to be there. So you can imagine when we are eating foods, obviously like we fart, we pass gas, we burp, all of that, all the bacteria that's meant to ferment there is fermenting in the upper digestive tract. And so we're not really meant to have that there. So you can imagine all the discomfort, the bloating, the abdominal pain, the reflux, nausea, indigestion, it was just crippling. Um, and so paired with that, it was actually giving me a lot more anxiety. Um, and I was kind of struggling to express myself to people that I knew because they're like not understanding what's going on. So I actually felt really lonely, which made more anxiety. So <laughs> I am um, thankfully. Effect, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's the pretty much chicken or the egg paired with all this other stuff around. And um Thankfully, at the time, the naturopath I worked with was actually an anxiety mindset coach. So she had the best of both. And she helped me really understand about the gut, but also the brain and like learning a lot more in depth about spirituality, learning to tune into anxiety, what it actually means and learning about self-development pretty much. It led me there anyway. And then learning about health and just like, it was such a an awakening I'd say pretty much death of an ego to be honest of myself the death of Sarah and then a, a rebirth to be honest of that and um the most scariest things of my life but it like brought me obviously to where I am today obviously there's more of that working through but it's like I love that I went through it because I now understand that I'm like my body just had enough and oh, absolutely and rightfully so. I mean, you just explaining, like I literally said before, oh my God, I'm getting stressed just hearing about the, 
what everything on top of everything, but it just sounded like your nervous system was in absolute overdrive and our body has a really loud way of letting us know that it's time to slow the fuck down and tune the hell in. Um, And often if we're still pushing through, um, still ignoring, trying to push it to the side, hustle, grind, push through all of that, um, sometimes it does. Well, often it'll then have that physical manifestation of, okay, well, you're not listening to me. So here's heartburn, here's indigestion, here's whatever else. And it sounds like that was kind of the turning point where you were forced to really kind of tune in whether you liked it or not. Yeah, I, I pretty much had no choice. And since I've never done it before and like because COVID happened too, I was more with my issues and more with my shit. And I'm so used to being distracted. So that was new as well. And um, having to navigate that and being away from everybody and then dealing with this. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I just want the nightmare to end. It pretty much felt like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me, yeah, learn so much about, as you were mentioning, the nervous system and the body and the mind. And honestly, it it led me to my purpose towards the end of the year. So I was able to then, I think I was already interested in learning about nutrition or like I was learning, I think at the start when I started to get gut issues at the start of 2020 as as it happened, I'm like, I want to help women. Like I want to do like a little book where like they have low FODMAP stuff and they have stuff for different dietary things for gut health and all these things. (laughs) And I wanted to learn about nutrition. And I think as the year went on, like back down in August of 2020, I um, actually like had a psychic reading with a psychic medium. I absolutely adore him. And he's a life coach and a motivational speaker. So he kind of uses his ability to speak with spirit and then also coach you on it, which I loved. And he opened up the field. Not only did he open up what was actually really happening for me, which made me tie everything together, but he also opened up that he's like, you'd be a really empowering like health mindset and life coach. I had no idea what that was. I was like, what's a coach? What was it? <laughs> like, I just know of nutritionists and dietitian and psychologists and stuff, you know? Um, but I, I was really open to it. And he, you know, gave me some inspiration of what to start and what to delve into and what to listen to. Um, and then as I applied that, things made more sense. So that same year, I actually made an Instagram account and I called it Mindfully Nourished. And I started posting recipes at first, like healthy recipes. So if you go down right to the end, you'll see all my little baking schemes. Um, (laughs) And then there was a part of me that was like, I used to like follow pages that had quotes and like happiness stuff and mindset things and like setting boundaries. And I was like, yeah, I relate with that. Cause I'm like, my family doesn't treat me well. And I'm like, yeah, fuck this, fuck that. Am I allowed to swear by the way? Oh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I swear like an absolute truck driver. So we have hit the explicit button on the, um, the podcast. Otherwise they delete the podcasts if we drop the F-bomb. So yes. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Okay. Good, good, good. So I I started to post my own personal opinion with things. So I think there was like a quote or something where it's like, um, if you like something about if you keep trying to make others happy, you won't make yourself happy. You're going to be the unhappy one. And I started to write down like in the captions what I thought and people liked it. And I admit at the time since my family followed it, they're like, Sarah, you shouldn't really say that stuff. You shouldn't really post these things. I'm like, no, but I like it. I'm like, I think it resonates with people. And then just 
that's what kind of started to hit it off. The following year, I went to go to an integrative health and nutrition school and I became a certified health coach. I learned more about what it's like to help people. My Instagram was growing and then just things started to align. I was working more on my own health, like my gut, getting that in check with my emotional state. And then here we are pretty much working forward on it. And just, it makes me so happy. It really does to be here and to help other women do the same. I feel like everything you've mentioned, I feel like it's the epitome of that thing they say, like your breakdown is your breakthrough. And you don't often think like, you know, a lot of clients that come to me who are like in the midst of their like dark, icky, heavy awakening, they don't see it as that. They're kind of just like, my life has fallen to shit and things feel really difficult. Um, But the cool part is kind of getting to that stage where you're like, I actually think there's like purpose and passion and a lot of really empowering stuff on the other side of that. But yeah. what I wanted to mention is it's crazy you mentioned the psychic reading because it kind of just sparked a memory for me. I remember I've always gone and seen psychics and had readings for myself. Um, but before my business was even like a twinkle in my eye or a thought in my mind, I remember seeing a, a psychic and she was like, have you ever thought about like doing card readings for other people and coaching people? And it was that kind of thing. And it's like, she saw the vision before I did. And it's funny how usually that happens when we're so in our own head and we're crippled by fear and anxiety we forget our power and we we're not plugged into our power so now when I think back to what she was telling me I was going to do which at the time I was in my nine to five I was loving corporate life I loved the idea of it I look back and I'm like holy shit she literally like told me what was going to be happening and the idea of being in a busy nine to five job now, I'm like, cause it was the same as you. I, I just hit the point where I was like, my body's shutting down. Yes. So it sounds very much like for you, the veil was lifted and you were kind of forced to understand the connection between the mind and the body. So tell yes. us a little bit about when that veil is lifted and we start to actually tune into, I guess, raising our awareness with the mind, body, gut connection like tell us a bit about that like what comes with that what are the realizations the challenges um and the important things to kind of know about the the mind and the gut so I guess like because particularly like with the mind and body connection like I feel like some people know about it but they don't particularly know what it kind of means um so like pretty much like our brain and our nervous system has so many cells and nerve endings that just connect to all of our limbs and all of our body and it's pretty much in a always in a conversation um and if I had to link with the gut pretty much I'm pretty sure everyone's been in this situation and I could probably say it for me at the side of this I was super nervous and you'll feel that when you get nerves for something whether it's a date whether it's a speak speaking at something maybe it's confrontation you're going to feel a sensation in your gut, whether it's the butterflies, whether you're just feeling sick or you have the runs to go to the toilet. That is the gut and brain connection. And they intricately have a pairing because they're connected via our a, a very special nerve called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is the epitome of the mind and body connection because it not only connects the brain to the gut, but it affects all of your other organs. And this controls our nervous system too. 
So our autonomic nervous system is pretty much like connected with that and can be very influenced by how the vagus nerve or it's called vagal tone is running. So I'm sorry, what was in your question? What was it again, as I'm explaining? <laughs> so what are, the, what are the important things, I guess, to remember or to know about the mind-body connection, like how, and I guess you've already kind of answered that, how significant it is. And even just how you said, like, okay, I'm nervous for a date I'm about to go on. So now I'm noticing these physical symptoms. My palms are sweaty. I feel like I need to run to the toilet. I'm sweating or all of that. So what else do you notice when, when for your personal journey, what were the, I guess, physical symptoms that you then linked to like, oh, that's anxiety or that's, you know, yeah. So for me, mine a lot comes with gut symptoms. So I think everyone's going to have a different symptom that comes to them. Some people, if they're feeling, whether it's stressed, anxious, if they're frustrated, like it's anger, you're going to feel it in a different part of your body, but particularly for anxiety and stress, some people may feel it in their chest. It may tighten. They'll feel it in their diaphragm. Some people get gut issues. Some people may feel it in tension or pain. So it's, honestly really nice to pay attention and connect it because some people will go oh I feel this symptom what's wrong what's wrong with my body they don't they won't ever really think that okay what's actually going on upstairs as well what's happening um and I think that's such a missing link that people don't do and for me I get gut symptoms so generally I'll either feel like I have a nervous tummy I will feel either nauseous sometimes I'll have to like go back and forth to the bathroom because (laughs) I'm like getting the nervous poos and it's yeah, like, yeah. it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> the um, you know, are real. <laughs> they're real. And the, and the peas as well, nervous peas. Yeah. Because your blood is just like, all over the place. All over the place. And so when you're in that sympathetic state, your organ functioning isn't the same. It's not going to function the same. Like digestion switches off or it slows down. Um, your adrenals are in action. Cortisol is flooding the body. It's pretty much setting you up for that fight or flight response. Yeah. But we're in a natural situation. And sometimes, like, look, if you experience it, some people tend to not do anything about it. They'll just let it sit there and fester and then hoping it goes away. But how I deal with it now is I actually work within the connection to relax it and bring it back to harmony because this is what we want. If we have too much cortisol and adrenaline running in our body, we are setting ourselves up for disease and chronic illness and it's not a good place. And I know some people can experience it a lot and go, oh, but nothing really happens to me. But it's like everybody is different. For me, I never thought anything was going to happen. I thought I was actually okay, but it's like here I am faced with overload of chronic stress, a very dysfunctional vagus nerve, like my vagus nerve wasn't functioning properly due to that. And I'm now in a space where I'm like, you know what, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to learn to take back more control and build that resilience and like learn to create the healthy harmony because this is how we live um, a long and healthy and vital life which is what we all want. We all deeply want that. We want to live well. We want to be alive. We want to live our longest life. And honestly, stress and anxiety are the top ones that cause chronic illness mm. and disease in the body. It is yeah. big. one of the no top ones. Out, yeah, no one's out here being like, yeah, I think maybe like 30 to 40 years will be enough for me. And then, you know, it's like we want to have yeah. a long life and it's crazy because I feel like there hasn't been much awareness until recently of like what stress does to the body. Like it's actually like cancer for the body, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was just going to say, so I, I, I've seen a lot of like beautiful recipes and stuff that you've posted and every so often you'll post about different foods and what's kind of good for the gut. So tell us a little bit about what are some foods to kind of steer away from and foods to kind of lean into and up your consumption if you're wanting to be more mindful of your gut health yeah. and the connection to mental health as well. Mm. Okay, so I feel like with food, it can be a really touchy topic for people because I know people want to create that balance. And look, I believe in that as well. I do like living around a world for health. So majority of what I'm doing most of the time versus some of the time, I like to primarily focus on the the good stuff and then leave the soul foods for the occasional. Um, But with the gut, personally, it's really sticking to a lot more anti-inflammatory foods because when the gut's inflamed, from foods, it's going to send signals up to the brain because your gut and brain have that intricate connection. Mm -hmm. And our gut is actually our second brain. It's called the belly brain. (laughs) Um, And basically anything that's going on in your gut microbiome, so your gut bacteria, all send those chemical signals and neurons to the brain, which has a tremendous impact on our mental health. And then mental health affects the gut as well. So it's learning to create the harmony. So with food, sticking to your anti-inflammatory foods. So anything from, let's say, like like your salmons, like your fatty fish, your avocados, um, you know, basically all fruits and vegetables, to be honest. I can't really categorize anything out of that. Um, and like even I love bitter foods. I know it's weird, but like anything with rocket or like something that's like bitter, even like olives, they're really great for the vagus nerve at calming the body um, because your gut has all your neurons in there. Your neurons are consisting of serotonin. So your happy hormones, about 80 to 90 percent of your happy hormones, your chemicals are produced in the gut. And that's wow. going to be sending signals to your brain. So that's one. GABA, which is your calming chemical, that's produced in your gut as well. So that's how you're going to have a calmer brain, your dopamine. So you can see how the influence of food, when you can give your gut really like lovely nourishing foods, it's going to have positive impacts on your brain. Um, your gut also loves prebiotic foods. So prebiotic foods consist of those fibers that your gut bugs love. And particularly it loves like resistant starches. So thinking like green bananas, your oats, like like nuts and seeds. Um, Even if you have potatoes, if you cook them and then you let them cool, that actually turns to like a resistant starch, which is great for your gut bugs as well. Because your gut bacteria feed off the prebiotic fibers. And then you have probiotic foods, which help them to multiply. So you get more of the good stuff. So that's kind of what they do. They're a pairing. It's like a little garden. It's like you have your, you know, you kind of water the plants. Like, you know, you pop the seed in, the seeds in the soil, they're your prebiotics. You pop the water on top and that's the probiotics and they flush. They they, say flourish, sorry. They flourish out. That's kind of how the gut works. Um, So if you are incorporating more refined foods, so inflammatory foods like your white bread, your white pasta, your like white rice, which I know white rice isn't terrible. It's not, it's good to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're strictly kind of sticking with less fiber and having that, that can be, can be a detriment or fried foods or processed foods or a lot of sugar that can inhibit and make more bad bacteria grow, which can then affect the brain again, as I was talking about those like neurons and those chemicals. So learning to embrace more of what you put in. I like to say to my clients, it's what you do most of the time. So if you can focus primarily, if you walk into a supermarket, if you focus on the outskirts 
instead of the middle of the aisles, you kind of start to realize that all of the produce that you need, like your chicken, your meat, your tofu, if you like that, um, your fruits and vegetables, then you kind of have your nuts. And then in the middle, there's, there's some grains that you can pick as well. But it's like that's kind of a nice little synopsis that you can have. Mm. And then the ones in the middle, you can have that as your time to time. Um, but I that's really like, like focusing on that. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I just learned a hell of a lot. And you have such a beautiful way of explaining um, the the mind body, sorry, the mind and gut connection. And even just like, I don't know, you you don't realize how what we consume is contributing to our mental health. And I think it's really with anything, but I think food is not really something we often think. We think, oh, food is fuel and yeah, this is going to, you know, eating this tub of ice cream is going to make me feel better because I'm sad at the moment or whatever. And look, I'm yeah. huge on treating, treating yourself. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But too. for the, like you said, the, um, the, the most of the time is mm. what to really focus on. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit about, I guess, your advice or tips or favorite things to do to really calm the nervous system and reduce stress and anxiety. Yes. Okay. So I have a few. I have a list. I'm going to read off this list. (laughs) So the first one I have, which is a big part of my work, is vagus nerve activation. I've mentioned it a little bit in the podcast but your vagus nerve is what is going to help you. It's pretty much your built-in stress and anxiety reliever. So it's going to help you and it's going to anchor you to feel calm. So when we can stimulate this a lot more, we can build the resilience to stress and anxiety. So if you're struggling right now a lot with like, overthinking you feel like you're chronically burnt out you feel like you're chasing on that hamster wheel like you're having a lot of anxious thoughts and you're feeling really distressed it's a sign of low vagal tone even low vagal tone can be digestive issues or chronic pain um you know and things like that in the body so whenever the body is feeling out of balance both your and your mind as well it's a sign of low vagal tone right so we're not building that resilience to healthily manage stress not that we ever don't have to be stressed or anxious I like it's a part of life but it's learning to create a healthy resilience and partnership with that so we can pop ourselves back into that window of tolerance Mm -hmm. where we can sort of take back control and feel more calm so vagus nerve activation tips they're really simple there's ones that I love to do even if you have a bottle of water next to you you can get that and if you gargle water as if like you tilt your head back and you gargle water Anything that's going to vibrate down that throat because your vagus nerve runs down your throat, but from your brain as well, down your throat, is going to start to signal vagus nerve activation. So gargling water, humming, so hum, like you can feel the vibration there, singing. You can even even do as well, there's one I love, where you can go voo, voo, and you can feel the ooh and like the vibration in the throat. Mm. Other ones I love too, if you're game enough, but it's cold water therapy, it can come in different forms. You don't have to jump right, <laughs> right in and be a Wim Hof and go in. If you're ready for that, you can. Because um, I know Wim Hof is very about, if you don't know him, he's very about like the cold and he loves the cold and swears by it. And it's fantastic for your body and anxiety. Um, but you can pretty much even go to the bathroom, splash cold water on your face, pop it at the back of your neck, 
the cold starts to influence vagal tone. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes for me, I will alternate a hot and cold shower. So I can't go in right away and just do cold. It's so much. Because <laughs> the cold brings you into shock. But that's the point. Because your body's adapting to that healthy stress. But then also what it's doing is calming down the vagus nerve after. It feels really riveting. So if I pop into the shower, I'll start off with warm, get my body, you know, nice and cozy, and then I'll switch it to maybe in the middle where it's slight, like it's more cold, but it's still warm, and I'll embrace that, and then I'll kind of move it to more cold. But the power of it is just to try and take control of your breath. Mm. Now, that is really challenging, but what it does is because when cold activates within you, you just want to like sort of shriek, you go, <gasps> like it's so cold. But when we can learn to take back control of the mind, which the mind is very powerful, we can be like, okay, breathe. Let's try and breathe through this. It can make it a lot easier. But generally, it doesn't have to be for very long. You can do it for 10 seconds, 20 seconds. You can work up to a minute to two minutes. That's fab. That's awesome. You'll feel those benefits. Um, and it's a practice. So it doesn't have to be something to jump in right away. You can even start with just the cold water on the face and you can already sort of feel your body calming down that's another one yeah and I like that you said obviously start slow because I think our mind can often just be like no fuck that like I'm not about to jump into that shower I know I've thought that when I've seen people be like yes. hey, to a cold shower but slowly starting to kind of build yourself up is a great idea to then just be able to yeah kind of have those little pbs that you're reaching and be like oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much or you know what sometimes I've done is I kind of say to myself before I jump in that I'm like, the cold is my friend. I like the cold. I like the cold. And like telling you, because every time I never like it, I never like the cold. <laughs> You're just brainwashing me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go in there and I'll be like, I don't want to do it. Fuck this. I don't want to do it. No, I like the warm. No. And I'm like, no, I'm doing it. I like the cold. I'm like, you know what? This is going to make me do uncomfortable things in yes. life. Yeah. No, it does because the fact that you can put yourself in an uncomfortable situation like that, where it's just cold water, you pretty much build that resilience to do uncomfortable things in your day. So it's really yeah. powerful what you can say to yourself. Yeah. Um, the next one I'd say is your breath. This is big. This relates actually with the vagus nerve too, breathing. So learning to build that parasympathetic state, but it's how you breathe. So now a lot of people would probably go, what well, I breathe, what do, you, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm alive, aren't I? <laughs> I'm alive, aren't I? Yeah, but the thing is we're like now that we live in such a stressful state of world and society, we breathe all through our chest. We have adapted to breathe through here. And I love the analogy of a baby. If you have, if you have a little baby, cousin, niece, whatever it is, if you look at how they breathe, they breathe through their belly. You'll see their belly rise and fall. That is actually how we're naturally meant to breathe. But because now we live in such more of a, like we adapt to more stress and we feel it more, we forget that notion of how to properly breathe. And we're meant to be, breathe actually through our belly and our diaphragm. So right now, those who are listening, you can do it too, Lauren. Let's do it. All, you're gonna, this is how you're going to test where your breath is. Okay. okay. And, I'm, and then you can notice it yourself and then I'll elaborate. All right. So let's all take a big breath in. And hold and breathe out. Now, I want you all to notice and breathe normally again. Where was your breath 
I was all chest. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel your shoulders raise? Um, Hold on. Let me do it again. Yeah. I can feel my shoulders raise. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where a lot of us primarily are. Now, not to say that that means that we breathe there, that we're stressed, but it is a form of response of a stimulated sympathetic like nerve expelling in the body. So it is contributing to that state, but we're actually meant to breathe through our belly. That is how we stimulate more of the parasympathetic like nerves and how to do it. Cause some people find it hard. What I love instructing clients and people to do is if you get your fingertips and you pop it on your navel where your belly button is, right. Mm -hmm. You're going to pretend that you're filling that out like a balloon. And the fact that your hands are there, your brain's going to focus it. Okay. My hands are somewhere. When I breathe in, that's going to push forward and it's going to contract. So we can do it all together. So hands on your belly breath. where you are. It's a, it's a deeper breath, isn't it? It feels it's just a It's a deeper lot more. breath. Yeah. 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 So hands like that. So hands on your belly. And we're going to do a big breath in together. And you'll see how much more you can actually expand your breath and it won't feel as like shallow. Okay. Can I just say anyone who's listening, who's driving, pull over ASAP. Uh, yes, please, <laughs> please don't do this while you're driving. Okay. Just please focus on the road. <laughs> or pull over, please. No, no vehicles. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now that we're safe. All right. Okay. We've pulled over. Great. Uh, yep. <laughs> We pop two hands on our belly near our belly button on our navel. And we're going to breathe in. I'll count you in. We'll do it for four breaths and we'll hold and we'll breathe out. Okay. So ready? Breathe in. One, two, three, four. Hold and breathe out. Two, three, four. And you can release. You can open your eyes when you're ready. That was a completely different breath. How did it feel? It just felt a lot more, I don't know, just more wholesome and nurturing. (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. And it's funny because I remember doing a breathwork session and it was the most intense experience of my life. And she was coaching me through the breath and a lot of it was the belly breaths and some shallow breathing. And I can't remember what particular breath it was, but I just, there was so much release. I didn't even know what I needed to release or what was stored. And I was like, just bawling my eyes out and it was the most like amazing experience honestly but I was like holy shit like through breath I was able to actually release this so I imagine that was very much the belly breath um as opposed to that chest breathing yeah I'm glad you liked it I hope everyone can find it helpful and of course you can feel more effects the more you do so generally like even before meals as well to support the gut and brain connection but also to help me take back control of anxiety and stress, Mm. I will do that. So if I'm feeling it, I will take time to sit down. I have to like, obviously the mind can still not want to do it and feel that resistance. But when you can focus in on a sensation, that's how you kind of take yourself away from the brain because you're focusing on where it is. And when you can do that for a bit, you will feel so much more relaxed Mm. and just 
it's like a different sensation in even in in the brain, like in your thoughts and how you think and how you feel. And it's just really, really, really nice. Mm. And that's going to be creating that healthy gut and brain, healthy stress resilience because helping out the vagus nerve as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I've noticed with a lot of my clients when we start to do some breath work and I'll always start my sessions focusing on our breath, the amount of people that were like, like afterwards, they'll be like, I don't think I've actually like breathed properly today. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, yeah. I can wow. stay alive, but like, I can't remember the last time I've welcomed in that deep, intentional breath. Yeah. So it is so bloody important. Yeah. It actually might be nice too, because a lot of people, if they tend to either do meditation or they tend to do breath work, they can say, I actually feel more anxious. I feel more anxious doing it. And sometimes it may be whether they were instructed to like breathe in certain ways. And sometimes I think naturally in the good of our hearts, breathing, we kind of want to adapt on our own way of what that is. And it definitely can work. But I, I think there is this other part that brings, as you said, that nurturingness. Mm. When it's from the belly and we can contract it in and raise it out, it just brings a different sensation. And I think it helps people to take back control of how they feel and even relax the mind and relax the body and really and really feel that. Um, it's very powerful. So I, I love doing that. It's very, it's free too. All these things that like I'm sharing, they're free. They're easily available. You don't have to go buy anything. Um, that's what I love it. Like I love about it. Our body's like its own innate healing property it's really cool absolutely and knowing how to tap into this and how to just be more conscious is mm. huge Sarah thank you so much you are just a wealth of knowledge and such mm. an angel please tell the people listening how can we find you how can we connect with you yes so where you can mainly find me is on Instagram so it's mindfully.nourish and right now I do have open one-on-one coaching available. I'm actually adding in some more services that I'm now in the thick of just creating and doing. But honestly, send me a DM, okay? And like, there's no strings attached. Like, you know, when people get scared of like reaching out and go, oh no, she's going to sell me something. Like, girl, no. Like I just even share me your story, share what's going on, even just so I can just like relate and connect with you and just hear you because I know what it's like to not feel seen and heard in your things and if there's anything that you're relating with with me or my story like like let's connect on that and you know what if there's things I can help you with and I always want to go from my heart where if I can help you I will connect with you and share that with you and then we can see ways that can work best for you but that's the best way to contact me yeah, and DM me so and it's at mindfully nourish or is there a dot in in between there's a dot so it's mindfully and then there's a dot and then there's nourish yeah (laughs) everyone get on it and even just following Sarah I know for myself you're always just sharing some insight and wisdom on your beautiful walks and you're always encouraging people to just get outside and just calm the nervous system so there is so much knowledge and just beautiful energy coming out of your page. So at Mindfully Nourish, get on it. Sarah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the Holistic Honey podcast and I can't wait to connect in the future. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for having me and for your time with me. Thank you. Thank you so much.